Papa. My name's Dwayne Pendergast. I'm your moderator today. We're recording now, I believe, so please turn off your wireless phones. And uh, Lance has brought a meter, so uh, I'll be checking up on you after I finish this little bit of talk to make sure there's no radiation coming from this audience. Uh, remember that the talk and the question session will be recorded and available on SACPA's website, so we need speakers and questioners to use the microphones. Shaw TV also records our presentations on video and broadcasts them along with excerpts from PowerPoint, if applicable. Now, we need to have someone at each table check the payment basket to ensure no one has forgotten the recently escalated $14 fee. Uh, and for newcomers, I note we start with a 25 to 30 minute presentation, then we break for a 30 minute lunch, followed by a 30 minute question period. Now on to our talk. Over the past 30 or so years, wireless communication devices have proliferated. They've helped to enable a new media, and many of us depend on them for information and learning, as well as communications. Big business has become involved, hastening the spread of the technology. However, the electromagnetic radiation pervades our living spaces and follows us out into the surrounding world. Lance Chong is an instructor in the new media department of fine arts at the University of Lethbridge. He's well versed in the applications of new technology However, he is concerned that the physical safety of those exposed to wireless radiation has not been adequately, adequately established. His talk is titled, Does Wireless Radiation Affect Our Health? How Much Do We Really Know? Okay. So if you could come to the microphone, uh, Lance. And... Uh, Let's uh, start with our talk. And well, thank you very much, Dwayne, for the introduction. And uh, so thanks for uh, the invitation from SACPA and uh, give me this uh, opportunity. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, okay. All right. Is this... Good enough? All right. And thanks, Duane, uh, again, for the introduction. Uh, introduction. And I'd like to make a little correction here. Uh, it's not 300 slides. It's only 60. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would do is I will quickly uh, go over an overview and then fly through the rest of the slides uh, until the end of the 30 minutes. And uh, in case anybody have questions, any interests, we can look at them at the Q&A session. So uh, you can pay attention to the slides and let me know which one you're uh, curious about. Okay, so a little acknowledgement. Uh, in the past three years, I've been very curious about uh, this topic, uh, wireless technology and the safety of it. 
as well as many other topics, including, for example, privacy, etc. So those are just big cans of worm on their own, or we're not going to talk about them today. Um, so many thanks for whoever I have been encountered with. I talked with many people, people from uh, prestigious universities, from the industry, uh, just as well as uh, people, uh, you know, I walk around on the street and chat with random people. So many people here uh, in the community, uh, also I have a communication with, uh, including people from the city government. So many thanks to everybody. So here is the intro of the briefly the situation. Everybody know we have more and more devices, wireless right now. This is, I would say, a very chaotic situation, and there are big debates ongoing uh, since at least 10 years ago. And a part of the debate, uh, many people would say, there's no worry. We haven't seen any people die from it. But then there are people debating, saying there are body of research already existing decades ago and uh, proven that microwave, which is the wireless technology mostly we're using right now, based, is dangerous. So my approach is, because I'm not trained as you know, a physicist or a scientist, my background is industrial design, I teach in a fine art department, and usually we treat projects in a very practical manner. We do research on the spot without much knowledge at all, and jump right into it, dive right into it. And usually our method is really practical. So I would like to use this quote from the master of electricity himself, Tesla, which he questioned the people who are doing theory on science, how valid the theories are. Right? You cannot just do the calculation. You have to compare that with reality. So maybe today we're going to take a look at reality and have some kind of common sense, logical reasoning uh, regarding what should we care. And another quote is inspired by uh, Dr. Andy Akins, uh, who were here talking about liberal education uh, last month. And uh, he quoted from our uh, professor at university, uh, Dr. Brian uh, Kolb, regarding understanding the question is important. So I am going to do a lot of questioning today following the guidance from Dr. Cope to uh, young generation like me. So here is a summary, and uh, that will be the most part of my reasoning based on this line of point-to-point reasoning one bring to another, and then I will jump into the detailed supporting materials. First is, I would like to question this number one. How much do I myself know about microwave, which is the wireless technology is based on? And what I discovered is not much. That was three years ago when I started to pay attention to the topic. But there's one thing every family has a microwave oven. So I would start from right there. And so what I find from the technology of microwave oven is it's emitting 
2.45 gigahertz wave. That's what we use for cooking in microwave. Then the second is I try to find out from the experts. I talk with really prestigious scientists in, uh, in the Academy of Science uh, in China regarding how 2.45 gig wave will heat up food. And it turned out is it excites water molecules. It somehow interacts with water molecules. So if you want to heat up dry food, it's going to be difficult. If you want to heat a cup of coffee, it's really fast, right? So by then, I come to the third part, which is, all right, so we know 2.45 can do damage to tissues we put into the microwave oven. Do we have other things surrounding us, surrounding us using the same frequency? What it turned out surprisingly, yes, and there are too many. For example, our wireless uh, Wi-Fi router, exactly 2.45 gigahertz, just like your microwave oven. And surprisingly, your cordless phone, <laughs> 2.45, most of them, right? So does that mean we're cooking ourselves every day, right? Is that, that's a logical thinking, right? So then what I'm trying to find for number four is, okay, so what is microwave? And also how to compare with general EMF, that's electromagnetic uh, radiation. And it turned out to be microwave is only a very narrow, comparatively, spectrum overall, right? Underneath that, you have normal radio wave, uh, FM, AM, etc. Above that, you have uh, infrared, and then above infrared, you have visible lights. Beyond visible lights, you have uh, ultraviolet, and then beyond that, you have X-ray, gamma ray, etc. It's the same thing, according to my conversation with the scientists. It's the same thing. The only thing that makes a difference is the wavelengths. The frequency, the spectrum, is just within that range of frequency. It's called microwave. And so why that is unique, I try to find out. And it turned out I will have to use a little bit of experience from my playing around with guitar when I was, you know, uh, 10 year old. <laughs> when you have your finger place lightly over the 12th fret, what will happen? You get a harmony. So basically, those waves will interact with different structures, including molecules, including maybe body parts, or the receiving antenna, right? The size of the antenna really matters in this kind of synchronicity way. So the wavelengths, the frequency will play a big role in what the wave can do. That was my layman's understanding. And it was uh, get uh, a yes from the scientist saying my understanding is correct. So, but it could be shallow, though. Then from there, my next question will be number five. OK, now we know the frequency matters. Within this frequency, is there a way we can establish a safety level? 
Well, there is an industrial standard. There is a national standard, yes. But that was under debate. People were just arguing about that. It's my first question leading to our number one, right? So I cannot really rely on that debate. So what I like to do is I find out from what about the natural habitat of human. There's no technology, there's no industry, there's no microwave oven, there's no cordless phone. What kind of level in nature the radiation will be? And what the scientist told me is almost zero. And we've been get, uh, used to that kind of environment, almost close to zero, for a long, long, long time. Only until recently, all of a sudden, this thing expanded. Uh, expanded. If not thousandfold, will be tens, hundreds thousandfold, compared to the natural level. And then I try to look more into the history of our technology, with all those doubts uh, in mind already, is what reason our civilian use of wireless technology are located in these particular bands, such as the 2.45 gigahertz. That is a casual, uh, that's an easy way to use, right? Because uh, we have Wi-Fi routers, we have microwave oven, all on 2.45 gigahertz, right? So I'm just going to use that a lot uh, as a uh, benchmark. So it turned out it was previously called a garbage band, which means probably either the industry or maybe the military or maybe the medical industry, communication, uh, telecom, they don't like it. It was not licensed. And to further prove that, there are actually stories around. In 1985, FCC deregulated three of these garbage bands. Garbage band is not a name I made up. It was a legacy name being used for many decades. And they basically allowed the industry, allowed the business to produce uh, telecom devices within those frequency without applying for a license. You can free to do anything. But those bands, what I discover from uh, the scientists, are likely have issues. For example, 2.45, our microwave oven band, heats up water really good. That means the water will absorb the power really nicely, right? And within our atmosphere, especially the lower altitude, a lot of water, right? So the radiation would not go far. It's bad for long-distance communication. It's only good for near distance, short distance. So perfect for your phone, right? You wouldn't travel much, but then you can have more antennas around, more towers around. So from there, the history will go, according to my uh, literature <laughs> review, what really expanded the number of these kind of devices in our daily lives. How long we have been living with those devices? Do we have a long history? So long history means probably time will prove it is safe or not, right? But it turned out 
Wi-Fi was only starting in 1998. Carnegie Mellon University starting to cover their entire campus using Wi-Fi, and not many universities doing that. They're the first in the world. 1999, Steve Jobs in MacWorld presentation introduced the iMac equipped with Wi-Fi. That was the first time wireless devices was become standard issue, become part of the、uh, home computer. And then the big boom started 2007 when Apple released iPhone. That's where Wi-Fi really starting to get into every household. And then ten years ago, ten、uh, years from there, we have now、uh, 2017, right? So the number of Wi-Fi units are become just more and more and more. So this is the history. Probably it's near us everywhere. It's I would say 10 plus 20 years most, right? So then the other question will be is compared to our common sense, we look back at. The national safety standards, for example, and I look into the measuring technology and try to find out how reliable are they. And to my surprise, I actually visit.、Uh, you know,、uh, the picture from number nine there is actually a microwave dark room、uh, from a lab. I didn't take that picture, but I actually visited two of those dark rooms、uh, when I was traveling in China. It was one of the national institute.、Uh, they test. Uh, workplace uh, safety, and they have a branch、uh, dealing just about microwave. And what I find out is, it's probably really hard to do an accurate measure for the microwave, as well as it's probably hard to simulate the situation that is our daily life for those lab environments to test with in the beginning, in in, in the first place. And uh, then um, I might bring a little bit、uh, attention to our、uh, Canadian's Safety Code Six to see actually the numbers in the reports in the Safety Code. Do they really make sense? Are they convenient to use, etc.? And how to compare with、uh, our daily life、uh, exposure level, etc. And then finally,、uh, my slides will have a little bit example showing、uh, practically. Uh, what we possibly can do,、uh, giving the resource and giving the knowledge,、uh, also giving the time as well as the convenience、uh, from our everyday life. So that is basically my reasoning for the entire、uh, project so far.、Right. So, question number one: How much time we have here? Fifteen minutes, perfect. So from now on, I'm going to fly through those slides, and from time to time we'll stop. And、uh, so this is、uh, microwave oven. So first is this is computer simulation of the radiation coming out of an iWatch, and also coming out a simple dipole antenna, right? So it's not just like the waves we see in the wiggly line. It's actually volumetric, right? Simple dipole antenna will emit the wave in a donut shape, right? Of course, in a much further distance, it would be like a spherical. 
And also, uh, the distance really matter, right? Uh, it weakens uh, very fast, exponentially, right? But when you have skin contact with the device, it's really going to be uh, needing some care right, for the situation. And this is microwave oven, how we heat it up, right? This is uh, 2.45 gigahertz. And uh, the body of the microwave oven is a Faraday cage. When you close it, it shuts the wave inside, uh, usually preventing it from coming out unless, unless you have a leak, right? So if you have a leak, it's a big issue. So usually stay away from the microwave oven when you actually have it operating mode. Second is how actually does this work? This is 2.45 gigahertz interacting with the water molecule. And uh, this is actually kind of a time-consuming adventure for me to find out uh, how 2.45 gigahertz interact with water. Uh, the initial scientist who is actually pretty knowledgeable about the field, but he told me was the vibration frequency of water. But later, when I double-check from Wikipedia, etc., online sources, I find there are people telling me that it's not true. The actual vibration frequency for water molecule is much higher. Then I find from a very old textbook online, it is about rotation. Then, of course, three years later, right now, there are much more information right now on Wikipedia. And I'm sure everybody can get onto Wikipedia right now to read more about how microwave uh, heat up uh, water. But that animation, I think, tells a very good uh, theory about how we understand uh, the interaction. And so possibly 2.45 is harmful when we having it surrounding us all over the place. And very important point to know about is our safety codes mostly talk about the thermal effects of radiation. It's basically considering using microwave oven to heat up food. But remember, we are living human being. We're not dead yet. Our health is not being cooked. Right? So that alone, I would say, needs some very different consideration for those people who set up the standard. Right? They need to consider other things, not just the thermal effects. And how special 2.45 is. This is the spectrum of uh, EMF. So right here, do we have the mouse? This is microwave. If I display this, shifted a little bit. Uh, but this is microwave. And this region beyond Ultraviolet is ionizing radiation. Under that, including visible light, which is the rainbow color right here, all considered non-ionizing radiation. 
And uh, so Duane here is an expert uh, on explaining what ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation is, right? So I would not pretend uh, to provide an answer. So I'll leave that for you if yeah, any that's, questions. That's overstating. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the wavelengths, and we were talking about the synchronicity. So within the microwave range, should I have a pointer? Do we actually have a pointer? Okay. So within the microwave range, is range from one millimeter to about one meter, right? And then actually there are higher frequency microwave that is sub-millimeter. So you can imagine this is most of the body tissue, right, organ structure size. So is there just a possibility the synchronization is using our body organs as antennas to absorb those energies from the wave, right? Oh, thank you very much. So, and then below microwave, you had the size of buildings, etc. right? And uh, this is a much more comprehensive chart showing different spectrums, and here's microwave. And uh, the higher frequency was used by radar, etc., right, our wireless router. And here, of course, the visible light. Is there a safety limit? Yes. Five minutes? Okay, all right, thank you. And uh, so most time, nature generates microwave only when you have earthquake, volcano activities, thunderstorm, etc. Nothing else generates microwave. And this is Earth, right? The atmosphere actually dampening much of the spectrum of microwave. And uh, this is from NASA Eames lab, this, uh, this chart. Uh, but I have a little doubt regarding they have this window covering one-third of the lower frequency of microwave, which is actually really true, because the altitude they haven't talked about. This spectrum, including our microwave 2.45, is right here. Interact with water. The lower the altitude, the more water we have, right? So in our natural habitat, this should be, I would say, opaque as well. Right, so they consider this opaque, and these are the windows for uh, communication, etc. And uh, so, any other proof that 2.45 is special? This is a chart I took from Wikipedia, and this is probably the most efficient balance to be chosen for different temperatures of water to be heated from microwave. Okay. And this is across this different spectrum absorbed by water in atmosphere. Do you see math? Do you see mathematics here, right? Compared to the next one, this is music, one string, vibration, harmony, right? So 
vibration harmony plays a big role. Any positive proof? This is the allocation of our cell phone. 2G, third generation, fourth generation, and our microwave oven is right here. And some of our wireless router is five, uh, five gigahertz, right? It's around this region. And you can see all of these are falling between the bands, which this gentleman, Michael Marcus, helped FCC release, de uh, deregulate it in 1985. And uh, the frequency is this, 2.4, uh, 5.8, and 900. 5.8 or 5.9. Actually, this is not just one frequency. It's a range of frequency with more bands within it. And the technology that enabled our telecom devices, short range, to work actually is more sophisticated than that. And uh, it's only until the 1967, the military deregulated, uh, declassified uh, frequency hopping then our civilian technology is starting to use short-range uh, telecom. How long? We have been using it, right? So this is the image, 1999, Steve Jobs with facial hair, just came back to Apple, uh, passing the iMac through a hula hoop, right, showing it's wireless. And this is two, uh, 2007, releasing the uh, first iPhone. And uh, the standard for Wi-Fi was established in the late 1990s. A name was given in 1999, the same year. And this is the situation we have right now. So many devices, and a lot of them, majority of them, 2.45. Okay. And this is the growth of number. So in 2005, you have about 1 billion units of Wi-Fi chips being manufactured shipped, 2009, 2012, and what we're looking for. This is the prediction from this research institute. <coughs> so national standard of safety, this is something that Harvard University has this guidance for their uh, students. Around the microwave uh, oven and the Wi-Fi range, two milliwatts per square centimeter, which is the FCC standard from US. Our safety code of Canada, having that set as 5.42, if I do the calculation correct, which is actually half of the US. But if you look at the reference time, U.S. used 30 minutes as a reference time. Our standard used six. So you get half of the exposure, but one-fifth of the time. I don't know how to do the math here. I don't think it's that simple. You can just time it, or et cetera, right? You can five times this, you get two point. It's not 2.4, uh, 2.5. So these doesn't really match. And also, it's way beyond, actually, intuitively, our emission level of devices at home. So with that consideration, I would probably leave much discussion for the Q&A session uh, if everybody have more standards, including what you, what you can do with our Wi-Fi router, et cetera.
and uh, thank you very much for your attention.